0: As the Orange hold off the defending national champions, they beat Clemson. The Bills make me wanna McCoy in the backfield, takes the handoff, runs up the middle, breaks a tackle! He's inside the 10, cuts to the left, into the end zone! Buffalo wins! to fall Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Somebody in Vegas told them they were going to win by 20. They look at the positive side of things once in a while instead of the negative all the time. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. 47.7. 100.1. ESPN Radio. Utica, Rome. What's happening, Mohawk Valley? Great to have you on board. You can listen via the ESPN app. A terrific way to listen to the program. You download the ESPN app, you find the Listen tab, and away you go wherever you go. We're going with you, except the bathroom. That's kind of gross. But anywhere else, we can come with you, my friends. 437 7644 is the magical phone number that will connect you here to get your hot takes a-flowing here on the ESPN radio airwaves. That's hot. You can hit us on Twitter anytime. The show never stops. Brent Axe Media. Brent Axe Media on Twitter. You should follow uh, ESPN Syracuse as well, at ESPN Syracuse. We have a text line. Use it. Got your face in your phone. You might as well fire off a couple of takes while you're at it. Uh, in the on-the-block text line is... 288 of course, a 315 area code in front of that. Now, I know about one guest we are going to have, and that guest is going to join us in about 15 minutes. And we're going to preview Syracuse and Cornell. He is a Syracuse grad. He is doing a kick-ass job on ESPN as a college lacrosse analyst. And that is Paul Karkatera. So Cark scheduled to join us here, talk some lax. We may have another guest joining us here this hour. I don't want to jinx it because we're trying to work something out. Uh, If it's not today, it could possibly be another day, and we have not gotten a confirmation just yet on that, but uh, keep your head on a swivel, kids, because we could have another guest joining us, and it's a guest that I think you'll want to hear. And it's, I will say this, it's a, a, a prominent local athlete who is currently engaged in his team's, postseason how about that I mean I think you can narrow it down from there but I don't want to jinx it because we're trying to work out a rescheduled time on that which could be today could be this hour so be on the lookout perhaps another guest could be joining us hot takes as usual we'll talk some Syracuse football today we'll talk some lax today we'll talk Yankees Red Sox to kick off the show here momentarily Mike Messer will coach his last home game tonight at West Genesee High School I've been Working on a video project the past couple of days, talking to a lot of former West Genesee players from different generations. That's been great. You'll see that on Syracuse.com probably next week. End of an era. And I think he had some very interesting things to say on an article that Lindsey Kramer wrote on Syracuse.com. And not only the end of an era, but the, the, really the end of a lot of things. And I don't think we'll see another Mike Massere. You know, we are fortunate to have seen somebody like that and see guys like Bayheim and coaches that span generations. But we're kind of seeing the last of how certain coaches are going to coach a certain way. And I don't think that's such a good thing, by the way. We'll get into that a little later on in the program. Let me jump right in, though. Start with some Yankees Red Sox talk. Look, Yankee fans, here's the deal. Even this Red Sox fan can watch what you're doing and tip your hat a little bit as much as my stomach was a quiver when I'm telling you when Hanley Ramirez hit that home run last night even though it was only in the 7th inning and Hanley Ramirez you know will do that and the other 8 at bats you just want to throw your hat across the room watching him but I felt like that was a moment that the Sox had kind of taken the air out of Yankee Stadium and we're at least going to take this game and it would have set up a really interesting rubber match tonight and either way it's an interesting third game to close out this three-game set because of how intense these games are, how back-and-forth these games have been, how entertaining Yankee-Red Sox games typically are. There were, what, five lead changes in that game last night alone. But I really felt like that Hanley home run, kind of even though it didn't give the Sox a huge lead and, and the Yankee lineup is too good and now we're getting into bullpens, I really felt like, and, you know, this is one of those moments where you have a loaded weapon in your hand where you have social media. <laughs> You're celebrating plays as they go here that in a back-and-forth game can come back and backfire on you. So, yeah, that, that uh, my one-worded tweet last night of simply Hanley uh, did come back to bite me in this sense. Because when Craig Kimbrell came out, and you asked Craig Kimbrell, who had gone 9-for-9 nine nine in save opportunities prior to last night's game, But asking Craig Kimbrell to get five outs, a five-out save, is not always your best play. Sometimes it's necessary. These are big games. That's what he's there for. He's one of the best closers in baseball. And you got to ask your closer to get you a couple extra outs sometimes. But as we saw last night, first, Brett Gardner. Swung on and into the air. The deep left center. Betts going back. Away oh, back. It's over his head. One hop to the left center field wall. Walker scores. Torres around third. Here comes the throw home. He is safe. Safe at home. A head first Glaber slide. And the Yankees on a two-run triple by Gardner. Take a 7-6 lead, and the place is going nuts. So Yankee Stadium erupts. Brett Gardner had a terrific game, terrific at bat there. Really worked the count on Krimble, made, uh, Kimbrel. Pardon me, made him throw a lot of pitches in that scenario. And then we'll all rise because after that, swung on and hit in the air, the deep center. Pitch back, away back. She is gone. A judgian blast. He hit one into Monument Park. A- judgy and blast all rise here comes the judge case closed oh john sterling on the call of course on uh, the yankee radio network has heard on brostat tk99 and espn radio utica rome just jam him he's just got a list and he's checking them off man just just jam them all in there johnny get as many expressions in a one home run call as you can look, John Sterling's eighty years old. John Sterling doesn't give a you know what at this point. He's just going to do that. He just give me the end of that call again. That was spectacular. He hit one into Monument Park. There's one. and There's two. All right. Three. Here comes the judge. Four. Case closed. Five. Five in like seven seconds. I mean, you just you just got You got to applaud that, John Sterling, ladies and gentlemen. The very best. Here's the thing. On Tuesday, I was not here yesterday. Great to be back in studio, by the way. I was at the War Memorial Tuesday. I was off yesterday. But on Tuesday from the War Memorial, what I said was inevitably, even in this three-game series, what we are going to see is the Yankees are going to either take control and continue to roll in the late innings, or the Sox will shut it down because they have Craig Kimbrell and they have the best person that you could put out there. Right now, that could kind of cool off the Yankees in the late innings. Well, that did not happen, obviously, and last night was an example of that. And, look, there's a lot of reasons the Yankees have won 17 of their last 18 games, that lineup, their bullpen's been great, their starting pitching's been great. Uh, did I mention how great that lineup is? See, it's one thing where you're dealing with the Aaron Judges of the world and the people up and down the lineup. Brett Gardner, as any Yankee fan knows, I mean, you can get that or you can get a no 0-5 night. When you add in somebody like that to the already murderer's row of hitters the Yankees put up there, it only makes it that much more difficult, even on a team that is the second best now in the American League and is right up there with the Yankees as one of the best teams in baseball. That's what's going to separate the Yankees. Now, I'm wondering about certain things long term. The Yankees still have to make some moves, I think, if they're going to really solidify themselves pitching-wise down the road to you know beat the Astros in a seven-game series perhaps beat the Red Sox in a seven-game postseason series. But what is very impressive, and you say, well, it's a long season and things will dip and go the other way, and they certainly will, but you're learning how to win, and you can call it clutch, you can call it late inning, you can label it what you want in the biggest spots. That's what's important about these games, because when you have 19 games like this, that is at an elevated level that feels like a postseason bid. I mean, you heard John Sterling's call. You had the crowd behind him, the crowd at Yankee Stadium. It goes bananas last night. They're anticipating that. It was after they had been shut up by Hanley Ramirez. But that and most of these games, not all, it's hard to check this box 19 times, are at an elevated playoff-like level. That is something you've got to bank away. That is something you've got to be able to come back to because you can have all the talent in the world. You've got a rookie manager. You've got a... Ballpark that isn't quite what old Yankee Stadium used to be, but still can rock as we showed last night. You've got players that have been through one postseason last year and now need to get as close to that feeling again as they can. And that's what all these wins, and it's not just last night. So in this streak, the Yankees have now had five wins where they have trailed going into the eighth inning or later in the span of 17 games. It's May 10th. They are banking away clutch. They are banking away big situational hitting, and that is only going to benefit that team in the long term. I just spent the last five minutes saying good things about the New York Yankees. So I'm going to break. I'm going to go throw up in the bathroom, and then we'll be back. Paul Carcaterra is going to join us on the other side. ESPN, perhaps a mystery guest this hour as well. That you'll want to hear local Central New York professional athlete whose team is still in the postseason. That's your hint. I don't want to jinx it though and say the name of who it is if we're not going to get him today because we're kind of going back and forth on that right now. If not today, I I certainly anticipate sometime soon. But let's take a break on that note. We'll come back. You're on the block. ESPN Radio, Paul Carcaterra joins us coming up. I think Kevin Love deserves a break from us. He's not healthy. He's playing hurt. Re-injured his hand and his thumb. We need to cut him a break just a little bit in that regard. Because guess what? Your shooting hand matters. Stephen A. Smith, ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Without Jerry McNamara, we wouldn't have won 10 games this year. Okay, not 10. Two seconds and one. It's 10 wins in a row for the Crunch. It's the biggest upset in the Carrier Dome in more than 30 years as the Orange hold off the defending national champions. They beat Clemson. The Bills make me wanna The McCoy in the backfield takes the handoff, runs up the middle, breaks a tackle. He's inside the 10, cuts to the left, into the end zone. Buffalo wins. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Somebody in Vegas told them they were going to win by 20. They look at the positive side of things once in a while instead of the negative all the time. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Back at it, baby. On the Block. Welcome back. Welcome aboard. Either way, we're so glad you're hanging with us here. Happy Thursday, everybody. Yankees-Red Sox again tonight. We'll get into that. We'll talk some Syracuse football later this hour. If you missed the first hour of the show, well, how dare you? We do have a podcast we, that you can subscribe to and get the best of the show sent right to your smart device. This show, the Daniel Baldwin Show, Orange Nation. Right, Subscribe on iTunes and Google Play to get that. We also had two guests last hour that if you missed, well, too bad. Slackers, that's why you got to be here for two hours every day. Now, we do have a website. We'll put up ESPNSyracuse.com in the audio vault. We'll also send you uh, this interview via our iTunes feed. Alex Tuck, your Vegas Golden Knights, joined us last hour. Baldwinsville native awaiting his Western Conference Finals opponent via Winnipeg or Nashville tonight. It's uh, Alex's 22nd birthday as well, so we appreciate him taking some time to join us, even on his birthday. And uh, He's busy. He's doing things. He doesn't have to talk to us, but he did. We had a lot of fun with that, if you missed that chat or our chat with Paul Carcaterra, breaking down Syracuse Cornell lacrosse, those can be found in the audio vault at espnsyracuse.com. Tonight is the last home game for a, and I do not hesitate to say this word, a Central New York and a lacrosse legend. I think we throw around words like that too often. They kind of get desensitized. And then when we truly have somebody who defines that, we tend to not really appreciate it. But Mike Masser is a legend. I don't think you really need me to go through the resume. Most people listening to this program, if you have a passion for lacrosse, if you know nothing about the sport or anything in between, you know who he is, you know where he coaches, and you you know what he's done. But to quote the uh, great philosopher Ferris Bueller, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop looking around once in a while, you might miss it and you might not appreciate somebody who is marks the the true end of an era here. And we are going to see this if and when, and I am not rushing this process, when Jim Beheim retires, and when Mike Krzyzewski steps aside, and when certain coaches of certain generations that have done something for so long and done it a certain way do decide to move on, that we won't go back to it. And sometimes that's good. Sometimes you got to leave things in the past. The old way is not the right way. Sometimes you kind of wish it was that way. I think Mike Messera represents something that's right in the middle. 841 career wins. That is a national record for high school lacrosse. 30, 30 Section 3 championships. Not, or pardon me, 15 state titles. And they were a runner-up another eight times. 11 out of those 15 state titles, they were undefeated. From a span of 1984 to 1991, West Genesee lacrosse won 91 straight games. They won four consecutive state titles from 02 to 05. 35 league titles from Mike Masera's West Genesee Wildcats. 165 consecutive league wins from 1978 to 1989. All the All-Americans, the state championships, but it's not those accomplishments that if you have the opportunity to sit down and talk to Mike Massero, that that he will rattle off. He will talk about taking young men and sending them out into the world and doing it a certain way. 36 times the Wildcats finished the season ranked in the state's top 10. I mean, you can just go on and on here. So tonight, which is also senior night, so let's give a shout-out to those seniors at West Genesee as well. Give them their due. But listen, you know, when it's not every day that a legend like this is coaching his last home game and is coaching down the stretch of whenever their season ends, and we hope West Genesee has a long postseason run here. It's not just the accomplishments. It is the way that Mike Messier coaches. Now, as somebody who grew up on the west side of Syracuse, as somebody who grew up in the West Genesee school district, I eventually, as you know, transferred to Bishop Ludden. But when you're a kid, and this is what... This is a little slice of what makes Central New York so unique because we've spent a lot of time talking about Syracuse lacrosse, right, and why the program has dipped and why, you know, they've kind of hit what is a bit of a skid in their expectations. You know, it used to be Syracuse always made the Final Four and always made national championship games. And you could set your watch that Syracuse lacrosse would go to Memorial Day weekend every weekend. And one of the reasons why was – the just breadth of talent here in central New York that would funnel through there. And so many West Jenny players who play for Mike Massara, then play for Roy Simmons, who little bit of a, how can I put this a tease, spent some time with coach Simmons today on a project I'm working on for Syracuse.com that you guys, I think are really going to like, but that's to come a little bit of a tease there. But the point is so many other areas of this country now know about lacrosse and the opportunities it can present, the great game that it is. And they have generations of kids that aspire to play it and want to go to, if it's Syracuse, if it's now some of the newer programs that have experienced the explosion of this sport, like, say, at Denver and some of the newer programs that have found their way into the Final Four. But this is old hat to us. I grew up wanting to play for Mike Maser. I grew up as a seven-year-old kid, not in my driveway playing basketball, wanting to be Michael Jordan. I grew up in my backyard, imitating the air gate. I grew up with a lacrosse stick in my hand and spent summers at Shove Park, knowing what it meant to be a lacrosse player, looking up to West Genesee lacrosse players, Mike Masser had built that and lacrosse was everything to so many kids in this area and and still is to an extent certainly and is obviously a sport that still thrives here. but this is 30 years ago, right Now Mike Messer has been there longer than that, if you account everything, assistant coach, youth programs, uh, teaching it in in the district and on through. Generations of players have come and gone and they all did it a certain way now, here it is, 2018, and we have had so many discussions about the modern way of coaching and modern athletes and how standards have changed, and it's interesting how, you know, look, I don't want to point at the generations below me and say that they're soft because the generations above me would do the same, right? Every generation looks down at the one below them and, hey, it wasn't like my day when I walked uphill to school both ways and 10 feet of snow and had to beat up a grizzly bear with my notebook on the way, right? Like every generation looks down at the one below them and thinks that. I make fun of Seth for it all the time. But when Mike Masser walks off that field for the final time, whenever that is this year, and we hope they have a nice long stay, but tonight's the last home game. A certain way of coaching is going to go with him. He is the last of the Mohicans. He is the last of a coach who has the standards of, of discipline that he does, that has the standards of... And I, this makes me sad to say this, by the way, because I'll just give you a, a little example here. I've I've been working on a project where I've been talking to a number of former West Genesee players, and to hear them tell the stories of the things that they went through when they played at Jenny, and this is not a criticism of Mike Masera it's just the way it is. And you'll hear some of these things that they went through and you're like if he did that today parents would freak out and they're not bad they're just that's just the way it was back then and listen my sister was you know west jenny grad and she did stats there and you know i i some of these former players i consider friends of mine and i've heard all the stories right i mean yesterday i was talking with a couple of guys and i want to spoil it because you know this video is going to come out next week but You know, we went down to the Westcott Reservoir, right? I couldn't go because I I had another commitment, but these players went down with one of my videographers from Syracuse.com and reenacted running the Westcott Reservoir. Now, think about that today. If a coach today pulled his bus over in this age of cell phones and and, uh, different generations, and you can call it softer or whatever you want, and said, get off this bus and run those hills, he would be fired immediately. Think about that. Think of the videos that would come out of that, the play, the, the parents of the players complaining, and just the modern way that coaches have to deal with not only kids but their parents these days. If somebody pulled that stunt today, they would be fired. The minute that boss rolled back. And there are so many stories like that that you hear that these players appreciate. I'm glad Mike Messer made me do that. I'm glad. And think about this. There was this is a lot of these stories are pre text messages and pre cell phones and pre the way we communicate. Yet Mike Masser looms so large that these players were so afraid to stray off the path because he would find out he would know. And I listen to these stories and I'm like, look, you know what you were signing up for. This wasn't a surprise. There was a certain standard that if you were going to be a West Genesee lacrosse player, you had to follow these rules, you had to make these sacrifices, you had to play this way. And it worked. And it created a lot of great lacrosse players, but it also created a lot of great men that went out in the world and are doing great things. That way doesn't work anymore. And that saddens me. Now, can we find a middle ground? Do you have to do everything the way... Mike Masser did it in 1988? Of course not. The world evolves. It changes. You evolve with it. And I think he has a lot. But if you read the interview he did with Lindsey Kramer on Syracuse.com, Mike Masser is the first person to tell you, OK, I changed and I evolved and I did things. But there's certain things that I couldn't evolve. I couldn't change with. It's why I'm walking away now. And some would say, given the standard that he ran his program with, given the way he ran his program, and again, this is not a criticism. It's just some people will say, well, that just doesn't work anymore. Maybe you should have. Stopped doing this five, ten years ago, whatever the case may be. This is not yearning for the old days because life does evolve. It does change. Okay. You know, I used to, when I have to make a phone call, I'd have to pick up the phone. First of all, my sister get off the phone because she was always on the phone. One of my two sisters. Then I have to hit that little dial. boy if somebody had a zero in their number you hated them because it took so long tell a kid about a rotary phone today and watch Seth came in during the break and he says I'm not making this up they have they have stopped teaching kids about analog clocks because they can't read them because everything's digital these days it's like is that an involvement of technology or is that what are we doing like you should you should know how to read a clock yes we have calculators but you should know how to do math and Boy, I sound like the old man on the porch right now. But in talking to these former players and reading these stories and seeing these things, knowing my own experiences as a kid, now here we are 30 years later, and he's still there and is and getting ready to coach his final games, including his final home game tonight. The feeling I have is I'm sad. I am sad that it can't be done that way anymore. Or what's the modern way of doing that? And I don't want to take away any credit from some coaches who maybe have found a way to do that in the modern way. But And maybe this is media hysteria, or maybe we, we just hear more of these stories than the good stuff, because there's plenty of good stories out there, too, of good coaches that do it the right way. But it seems like we just hear so many more stories of overbearing parents, of obnoxious kids, of this generation or whatever generation you want to point to not doing it the way we used to, and that somehow makes them worse. And you know what I mean? It's just like there's a lot of things that are kind of coming to a head here that are going through my mind and a lot of people's minds tonight. And they'll be sitting there on the west side tonight watching that last game. And, again, we hope Jenny goes as far as they can in the postseason. It's just there's so many things that are coming to a head here, and it's just amazing to think about. Because we're never going to see it again that way. And some would say, well, that's just life. It evolves and it moves on and you've got to evolve with it. But, boy, it, 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 at the very least, no matter how you feel about how you coach and the way you do it, you have got to tip your hat to somebody who <laughs> managed to do it the way that Mike Messier did for so long. Not only what he accomplished on the field, but – I really enjoyed hearing the stories about people that had Coach Messer for gym class and felt like, you know what, I wasn't a lacrosse player, I wasn't an athlete, but he treated me just as well as, as as if I were a lacrosse player. I've heard some stories in recent days about Mike Messer cracking jokes and doing things that you would never expect him to do. and that That's the kind of stuff you like to hear. So we just wish him the best. Off into retirement, whatever he's going to do, and I hope enough people just appreciate that. And I, I don't, I I feel confident in that. I, I feel like there's enough people that do. But man, you look at the accomplishments, you think about it, you go back through it, and it's just like wow, it's amazing. It really is. And it, and I'm rambling now because. I'm just reminiscing about this stuff, but quick Mike Messer story, and then I'll, I'll break and we'll talk about some other things because it makes me think of my most vivid Mike Masser story, and I've told this story before quickly, but, you know, a good time to bring it back. So back in the day before I transferred to Ludden, I played, you know, at Jenny and wanted to be a lacrosse player like most kids there who went through Shove Park and did the things I did, and I'm playing freshman lacrosse, and my stick was like a half inch too short. So they take my stick. So I come home and I tell my dad about this. And for some reason, my dad was like, you need to go in that office and you need to get that lacrosse stick back. And like, I'm like, Dad, you know, that's Mike Massere. Like he, he like he could his his stare could burn a hole through my stomach. Like I'm not going into that guy's office and asking for my stick back. He can have it. Can you just get me a new lacrosse stick, please? So long story short, my sister used to do stats there. And she's like, just go in the office and tell him. You're my brother, right? So the combination of these two things happen. I go into, I go there and somehow will myself to go into Coach Messier's office. And what spills out of me, I don't, to this day, don't know why this is what came out of me. But the two words <laughs> that come out of my mouth, when Mike Messier looks at me, and I never interacted with him before, other than this, were, Yo, Messier." Yeah, that's what came out of my mouth. That's Mike Massere. You don't say that to him. And he just looks at me. And I say, my sister says, hello. He says, who's your sister? I said, Dina. He goes, oh, tell her I said hi. So um, that lacrosse stick, I think, is still in that office. So if you don't mind, I kind of like that back. If it's okay, like you, you know, you're, like you, you're, you know, like you might have to clean out that office anyway. So if you happen to find my old super light too, I'd like it back, please. I know it's a half inch short. I'll fix that. I'll, I'll, you know, we'll figure it out. Yo, Messer, that, I, 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 and I live to tell the tale. So I, I guess I have my sister to thank for that. On that noble break. We're going to talk some Syracuse football coming up. We are going to talk some more Yankees Red Sox coming up. You're on the block, ESPN Radio. Don't go anywhere. Thank you. Bye-bye.